Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Jack. Jack O'Hara. Boy, you asked me some interesting questions, my man. It's a great question, Jack. Jack, hey, it's Josh Radder. Hey there, Jack O'Hara. It's Johnny Damon. Jack, so you had questions for me. Jack O'Hara, absolutely. This message is for Jack O'Hara. Jack, how are you? Hey, Jack. Jack, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jack? Uh, listen, man, you know, you, you, you asked me a couple questions. Broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show. In the show and uh, doing your thing, I mean, you've got some pr- pretty big name guests. I've seen your, your stuff, so congratulations on your success. Jack O'Hara. Much nicer guy than Conan O'Brien with much better interviewing skills. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's totally going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said... TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. Everybody, welcome back to the O Show podcast. This is episode 491 of the show. We are presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness in Scottsdale, Arizona. Mayweather Boxing and Fitness is a highly intense workout developed by the champ himself, Floyd Money Mayweather. Uh, we are here on episode 491 with Emmanuel. We are about what, like an eight-hour uh, time difference right now? Yes, sir. So, so tell the people where you're from and what you're all about, man, because I can't wait to pick your brain about what you've been doing and what, what your main uh, mission and vision in life is. So I am from Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'm messing with you. <laughs> I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And so God told me to come out here to Zagreb, Croatia, and it was, what's the best way to put it? It took some time to get over my worries and fears, but once I got over that and since I've been here, it has been this life altering journey. Wow. So what, what was it that clicked for you? Was it like a God sent thing, like a calling, so to speak, or did you have a plan to go out there? It was a God sent calling. Wow. I mean, I've been to Croatia before, but to get up and move from Baton Rouge, Louisiana to to come here, I was like, okay, this is <laughs> this is interesting. Well, what, 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 what do you think was like the biggest culture shock for you? Well, it's I didn't really experience too much uh, culture shock in I don't know if that's because the people here are normally very warm and friendly. Yeah. So as far as food goes, I mean, there's, there's still American style food or excuse me, food that I'm used to in the States. 
And so nothing that that totally like shook me uh, that I can think of at the moment. Oh, wow. So like going from down south where, you know, Louisiana barbecue, man. <laughs> and going all the way out there. I mean, that would definitely be a culture shock for me. So I give you a ton of credit for doing that. And what's it been like since you've been out there? Like what, what, what would you say has been your calling since you've been out there? So I have been on an adventure to discover many things. And essentially, God turned on the fire hose and just filled me with all sorts of information. <laughs> and it's things that people can actually put into practice in order to play this game called life. And so fundamentals and tools to help people get to and keep this mindset. I'm going to have joy during the difficult times in life. So kind of talk to me about that a little bit. So like you, you growing up in Louisiana, what were, uh, did, did you play sports? Were you, what, what, what did you do and what kind of developed this mindset for you? So in regards to playing sports for any school or anything like that, I did not. But so this mindset came from, <laughs> I laugh, but Gladys Aylward and Amy Carmichael, I'm not sure if you've heard of them, wow. but they've since passed away. Um, Gladys Aylward was a missionary to China and Amy Carmichael was a missionary to India. If you go back and look at their life story, or if anyone who's listening goes and looks at their life story on video documentaries, documentaries on YouTube, you'll see, <laughs> talk about culture shock. So being, leaving the UK and going to India at that time was that uh, Amy Carmichael went in the 1800s, early 1900s, she was there. And then Gladys Elwood was in China in the early 1900s. And no, I mean, this is a time, no cell phones, no email. You're communicating with your family by writing out the good old letter. And so, just especially like Gladys Elwood's journey, like to get there, she ended up taking a train from the UK. And it was as it was going through Russia, there was a conflict. I can't remember who Russia was uh, in conflict with. But at one point, she had to get off the train. And it wasn't at a stop. <laughs> it was just <laughs> like, it was like, yeah, the train's not going any further. There's fighting ahead. And she got off the train and trekked back to the, to the last stop. And she was walking in the snow and in the cold. And just her tenacity, her persistence uh, through life. And also part of her story, which really just brings me absolute courage and tells me that 
this woman had absolute peace and joy of mind. So the time that she was doing a large amount of her work in, um, she, she had been there for some years. And at one point, there was trouble in the men's prison. One of the prisoners had gotten his hand on an axe and he had killed like one or two prisoners and the guards didn't know how to handle the situation. They called her <laughs> to go to the Mel's prison to sort it out. She's like five foot tall. And so she, <laughs> she goes into the prison and she walks up to the guy and tells him, give that to me, the axe, and he hands it over to her. And so it's like, man, you have to have like a mind that is just at peace without, I mean, because imagine being in such a situation, it's like, I mean, like the thoughts that would be going through somebody saying, oh yeah, I'm in China, anything could happen to me, they could cover it up. No one would ever find out what happened and this could be the end of it for me. But the bravery, the courage uh, that existed uh, with this woman, woman, and I would say both of them, um, because Miss Amy Carmichael had some, well, she had some conflicts in India with the local people because they were, they would take her to court because she was helping out abandoned uh, children. And I, I guess some of the parents would, or families would want to take her to court or they made all sorts of accusations against her. Um, and so both of them are rock stars. Oh, I, for, I, I absolutely <laughs> agree with you. Zero, yeah. F, zero Fs given in both of the, in that one story that you told there, like that, that is incredible. I feel like everybody has that like one or two, possibly even three people in their lives who they look at and be like, that person inspires the hell out of me. And so this is the thing. Everybody can get there. It's everybody can, there was nothing particularly uh, special about uh, those two um, besides answering to the calling of God. And so he gave them, Jesus Christ gave them that strength of will to, to stand strong and to have this tenacity to just keep moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. And so it's possible. And so this is part of my work is to help people, well, first understand that mindset and then understand and know that it is possible to have in this life. And it's important to have because it's in the difficult times when people are at greatest risk of spiraling into stagnation and, and getting overwhelmed with hopelessness or, or stewing in, in thoughts of anger and, and bitterness. And so it's important to have that joy and peace of mind.
in those in those times. I mean, when you're alone with your thoughts for more than a few hours, you know, things can get pretty hectic if you're anybody, right? But I'm, I'm curious, uh, when you, you know, go about some of these teachings and trying to help other people kind of, you know, live the same mindset, at least a like-minded mindset that you have, how much do you implement your, your background and faith in that? Because I think that's probably one of the more important things that someone could, um, could carry, whether you have faith alone or you actually, you know, were saved by Jesus, right? Because like it could go both ways. How, how early on did you, um, how early on was your faith a factor in your life? So I was raised in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. And so it was very early on uh, in my life. And there was a period where I did stray away from the faith. Right. Um, but as life went on and as I learned more and more things, I came to realize the wisdom in, as we say, the good book. <laughs> and so after having my, I guess I'll call it literally, come to Jesus moment, um, I started to to dig and investigate more and and come to realize like there is there is a peace there is a great joy uh, that exists in helping other people out and helping other people out of their uh, difficult situations and so as I have been learning more and more things to help people out of uh, the difficult times or to help them survive the difficult times, this this joy within me has just been growing and growing and growing more to the point where sometimes (laughs) I wake up and I'm just smiling and I'm like, let's go. Or most of the times when I'm walking down the street, I this just big beaming smile on my face. It's like, it's like the smile is coming from inside of me. And it's, I can't suppress it, even if I wanted to at times. And there are things that I noticed that will kind of take that away from me. And so I become mindful and sensitive to find out, okay, all right, I noticed this is affecting this joy. And so I document these things. And these are things that I will continue to put out and spread this information that I'll continue to put out. And go ahead, you I was just going to ask, like, do you have like an implement or kind of a plan for people that you'd want to help out too? Like, because you say you document everything. Do you encourage others to document as well? I do. I do encourage people to to write out things. For example, there is something, it's a term that I use called a character resume. So essentially the the purpose of that is is to see how you respond when you go into a difficult situation mm. so and 
part of the reason for that is one, so you can evaluate and improve moving forward. And also to see what things came out of you that shined. Because one thing that I've discovered time and time and time again, <laughs> maybe I'll try and make a joke of this. It's almost like when I get put into a, a, a pressure, a pressurized situation um, where I start to feel uncomfortable on the inside, whether that be a bit of, I don't know which way to go, or someone asked me a tough question. Whenever I get put into that situation, gold coins pop out <laughs> of me in a sense. It's like these good things come out and or interesting ideas that help me move forward. And so I am an absolute fan of stepping outside of the comfort zone again and again and again and again. There are times where I flinch and I'm like, oh, oh <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't know. Um, but because so much growth, so much development, so much wisdom has come out of um, being pushed outside of uh, the comfort zone, being uh, stepping outside of the comfort zone, being put into uncomfortable uh, situations that I strongly encourage people to document and keep a list of strengths and weaknesses as well. And in a sense, you can, you can literally write out who you are and you start to find like, okay, I didn't realize that, for example, I started writing poetry, this was necessary. And as, I started writing poetry. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I didn't realize that I could write uh, decent poems and poems that uh, people were like, oh, well, that was really good. Like, I can't, like, and I'm like, and this came out of me um, due to stepping outside of my comfort zone. And so people have all sorts of abilities that they don't even know exist. And part of my work is to help people get things out of the way so that we can get down to those to those nuggets uh, to those golden things that hide within each person and and so this is one of the things that that gives me hope and keeps me excited although the world might be in turmoil but i'm still hopeful it's like look I know you, you, him, her, you guys have nuggets inside of you and we can definitely get there. It's just a matter of getting some things out of the way. That's a great way to put it too, like those golden nuggets. Cause I feel like almost everybody has something that they might not even see that's like either bothering them or it's just tough to unlock in their brain. 
And then once you finally get it out, you're like, oh my God, like it's kind of like a breakthrough moment and you can get past it. Like, like you were saying, like get past that moment so that you can live every day of your life the happiest that you can. And I'm 100% on the same page with you when it comes to like facing your fears, getting out of your comfort zone. Some people like it. Some people want to achieve more and strive for greatness. Uh, what, what are some of the more uncomfortable things that you've put yourself through that you said that just to like get out of your comfort zone? Like me personally, I've been doing stand-up comedy. I am hor- horrific, right? But I do it because, <laughs> because you go up there, you, you tell some jokes, nobody laughs. There's like 30 to 40 people. Then you get off the stage and you're like, well, but at least I had the courage to go try that and bail miserably. Because now you're mm-hmm. like, what's the worst that could happen? Just that. It happened to me already. It can't get yeah. any that. So for me, and that's, that's pretty funny to, to think like, hey, you know what? Got up on stage jokes didn't land or maybe the audience was just hard of hearing that's another perspective (laughs) um like that perspective (laughs) but um one of my uh, (laughs) one of my favorites is singing in public and so this started out in germany because i went to germany in the month of august okay and I, as I recall, the first time was where I had to sing at a very high volume was in Marienplatz in Munich, Germany. And they have the, their own version of the birthday song, but it's a kid, it's a kid. I don't want to say friendly because the birthday song is already kid friendly, right. but it's catered towards kids. And it, <laughs> and it goes, marmalada am sure, marmalada am sure, apricosa in the hosa, marmalada am sure. And so it translates to marmalade in the shoe, marmalade in the shoe apricots in the pants, marmalade in the shoe. And yeah, right. And so it's it's a funny song. And so God told me to go into the square and sing that at the top of my lungs. And so this is summertime. They got a few people in the square. And so I come up from the elevator from the underground and I'm just laughing to myself. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> I'm like, all right, this is going to be fun. And so I go ahead and sing it. And a a few people are like, oh, yeah. (laughs) And so it was, it was interesting because after that, I came to the point where I was able to evaluate the benefit of such an exercise for other people. And one of the benefits is this, at the bottom of everything that we do, there's a why. And I have discovered that if that why is not a good reason, then the foundation of said plans are 
unstable. And so basically, unstable foundation, everything above that, there will be uh, problems, despair, or whatnot for people. And so the to bring that into singing in public, people oftentimes make decisions based on their concern about other people's opinions. For example, like, and this happens to young ladies uh, often, maybe a bunch of their friends have gotten married and are having kids and their community is putting them under pressure like, hey, what's, what's up with you? What's, uh, what's, what's going yeah. on? And so that pressure, if it gets, if that worry about other people's opinions of her and why she's not married yet gets put at the basis of one of her plans, this can influence her to make a hasty uh, marriage decision and marry the wrong person. And, and the result of that being uh, unhappiness, um, that unfulfillment uh, in her relationship and on both sides. And so it's very important for people to overcome the worries of the opinions and the potential opinions of other people. Now, I'm not saying that you should disregard other people's opinions uh, and even the opinions of people who are in strict opposition to you. But wait, I lost you. I muted myself. My roommate just walked in. If you're wondering ah. who this guy was right here, the real version of him just walked in. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. Um, and so it's important because you don't want that at the basis of your plans. From what I've witnessed, it's not a good, it's not a good thing to have at the basis of your plans. It can cause people to make uh, unideal decisions could cause someone to buy the wrong home, the wrong, uh, the, the wrong car. Maybe they're trying to show up their neighbor or trying to show up an old classmate. And, and so it's, it's important that people get down to the basis intentions and why for every decision that they make. And I may mention of the opinions of strangers or people that are in, in opposition to you. This is one of those things that has worked for me great. And it's important to, I mean, I'm not going out there looking for conflict, but it, it comes down to a matter of, well, some people are just they don't believe in God or they had some sort of conflict with a Christian in their past or conflict with the church. And so oftentimes as I'm talking to, to people and, and letting them know uh, things about God, things about Jesus Christ, then it can turn into um, 
an uncomfortable uh, discussion. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I have absolutely discovered is this. I have yet to walk away from one of those discussions without discovering an absolute golden nugget. And so this will be an additional training that, uh, that I want to offer in the future or that I plan to offer in the future is how to talk to people that fundamentally disagree with you and how to remain peaceful, calm and respectful in said disagreement. I think that'll go a long ways for a number of people. I think that is the most important thing, especially in today's day and age. I mean, it's even as simple as, you know, like you being a man of faith, being a Christian and someone not quite getting it, right? Correct. Yeah. And there could be a misconception there and then you guys are just not on the same page. Like, you know, you respect each other, but then it's like, eh, I'll go my way, you go your way. And it's like, you don't find a common ground. And yeah, and so that's, that is part of going out and spreading uh, yeah. the message is that everyone's not going to be receptive. And it's just more a matter of letting people know, hey, this is what worked out for me. And this is what brings me that everlasting peace and joy. And and also involved in going out and letting people know is letting them see you experience your life, letting them see you experience the difficult times. And then that acts as, I'll simply call it evidence for others to say, okay, something is helping that kid out um, be, uh, because that's not normal human behavior. Mm. And, and so that's like, for example, Gladys Elwick, it's like, yeah, that's not normal human behavior to roll into a man's prison and walk up to a guy with an axe. No, that's, that's not. And so it's like, what's helping her out? How did she get to that point? And so that acts as a way to spread uh, the message as well. And speaking of uh, talking to people who are in opposition uh, with you, one thing that I discovered is that, and it's not just people who are in opposition with you, this can easily be uh, loved ones as well, but it's important to not get sucked into silly arguments. Like, for example, say for instance, uh, me and my brother were both on this call. And after we got off the call, it's like, hey, uh, I really like Jack's Nike hat, if I say that. And then my brother's like, nah, I'm pretty sure it was Adidas. And that is one of those classic situations that people can easily get sucked into a silly argument. And so one thing that I discovered is that I humble my, in such a situation, I humble myself, I strive to humble myself, bite the tongue and say something along the lines of, eh, actually, I don't really remember. And find some sort of creative way to change the discussion. 
um, because I've come to see that those things just escalate into something uh, greater and it's an ineffective utilization of one's time. And so this, yeah, this, that's one of those, that's one of those nuggets I, uh, I'll drop for you and whoever else is listening is like, be mindful of that because, and that could be really detrimental uh, in a marriage because all of those small little uh, arguments build up over time and this, this conflict grows and it starts to stamp out the joy that's in that marriage. And so it's very important for people to, it's, it's very easy to get sucked into these arguments. It's extremely easy, it, but it's important to pause, be mindful and think, does it really matter if we come to the exact brand of Jack's hat right now? Is that really, really, really going right. to benefit us? Or is that going to cause a little bit of a rift? And so it's like, all right, fair enough. Drop it and uh, change the subject. I mean, especially yeah. in a marriage, like you said, like there's going to be so many little arguments. And if you don't get them out of the way and if you don't talk about them, they're just going to build up. Like one argument could be completely about like the last argument you had just in the back of your head. And that's why you get angry, right? You see it so many times with, with, with any couple, really, whether they're married or just in a relationship. And the big issue with this is that it leads into the revenge cycle. So say, for instance, you lost the last argument. Got to get, got to regain status, yep. right? As the human being naturally desires uh, to have um, or have to regain respect in some way, shape or form. And so the revenge cycle is essentially this. Somebody feels disrespected or shamed in some way seed of anger plants that grows, replicates, anger starts to gain momentum, and then seeks, then the person seeks revenge. And so this is one of the reasons why it's important to find things that are come to understanding on things that can cause one to enter into the revenge cycle and to avoid those things as best as possible. Because then this way you, you live in, in more peace and more joy because it's those, as anger catches momentum in the mind, as you were saying before, like trying to sit and for four hours in quiet time. Yep. It's like, if, if you have unforgiveness on your mind, that's gonna grow and grow and grow as someone tries to sit in quiet time and uh, to the point where for some people, this is going to drive them to some sort of, uh, some sort of action. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, and it's like, what's the best way to say? I mean, that action might be 
as small as going and leaving a comment on uh, someone's video that you don't like on social media. And the thing is, is once you start to feed the anger demon, it just don't stop eating. And it's like, it could just be continuously fed and fed and fed and fed and fed. And a lot of people don't realize this. This is the reason why Hitler went so far. Yeah. Because he had so much unforgiveness that built up throughout his life from his father to rejection by the art school in Vienna, uh, the failed, his first failed takeover of uh, Germany in the, I think it was the Beer Hall Putz or something like that. And just all of this built up in him and, and drove him to calculated cold-blooded vengeance against people that he felt were responsible. And in part, he felt like part of it was the world was uh, responsible. And so it was easy for him to keep going in revenge. And the thing is, there's hope. There's like, say for instance, somebody cuts you off in traffic. You can enter that revenge cycle, get angry and let it stir up and maybe get into some accident trying to seek revenge. Or you can say, I forgive him, Heavenly Father, uh, for cutting me off in traffic. And so um, there's hope. And so this is one of the reasons why I also remain joyful is because I hang on to that hope. And I know that other people can get there. And, and so with that said, I continue to spread the message. I'm usually, uh, or I should say, I'm often in the main square here in Zyberg preaching and letting people know sometimes that comes by way of telling jokes. I mean, I'm not doing stand-up comedy. Uh, hey, it's like kind going... of the same thing telling <laughs> jokes. May as well be. Okay. I, I mean, I guess. When they're not expecting laughs, that's when you get laughs. Right, 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 right. And so it's like, oh, he's just hanging out of the square talking to people. And so I, I'm able, I guess, to hit him with jokes. But people go into a room to see, like, I came here specifically for straight up jokes. <laughs> yeah. That's where you get in um, trouble. <laughs> just, what, what influenced you to do that? Uh, just, it was always something that I always wanted to try, kind of like a bucket list thing. Okay. And the first the first night I did it was awesome, killed, which gave me the confidence to go back, and then that's where it all went downhill. Okay, so I, I, I guess so. What brought you to say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do this item on my bucket list? Was there something specific, or I it was just, grew, like, just going just down? Growing up, my dad always had it on the television. Always enjoyed listening to it. Always felt like I had like some so sort of story to tell. Always had like you know like that couch humor. You know, like I was able to make like my teammates on the baseball team laugh. Growing up, was always like the class clown, so to speak. So I'm like, I think 
I think this will be pretty easy for me. And it was uh-huh. not. <laughs> My mind totally tricked me. What but I'm continuing to be disciplined enough to continue to learn from it. You know, I still do it every week, you know? Okay. It's the worst and that so- could happen. You just get booed off the stage. You get hecklers. I'm not afraid of those people. And so that's, that's an important, that's an important mindset to have. It's like, Hey, you know what? For me, it's one of those things. I expect people to, uh, to make fun of me uh, from time to time. I expect um, dislikes here and there. And so it's important to get over that. And that, that was one of those things that, that I had struggles with. I'm like worried about like, oh no, what are the people, what are these people gonna right. think? And, and, and that, is, that is one of those limiting things that holds a lot of people back. It holds a lot of people back from doing things, good things that could help them out, that could help them grow. And that, that worry about being in a sense shunned by the community or losing status in the community uh, wherever they might be living uh, keeps a lot of people uh, holds a lot of people back from reaching their full potential and so for some people it'll be easier uh, to get over that and for some people to take a little bit of work to get them to the point where it's like, okay, baby steps to get here, baby steps to get here. It's like, don't worry about them. They're most likely not going to murder you. Exactly. Right? <laughs> but, They'll get yeah. over you. You're going to be so bad that they're just going to get over you in the next 60 seconds. It's good. <laughs> it stings um, for a second, but then you get over it. And it's true. Like that, that, that's like the art of everybody being different. Everybody having their own DNA. Like one person might be nervous as heck to go up there. And then once they do it, they're set. It's like, okay, I can do this. Where some people might go up there every single week and still get really nervous to the point where they're puking before they go on stage. You know, you know, a few people like that. I, I know one. That's why I said it. Ah, okay. Okay. Not Ooh. me. If you're wondering. Yeah. No, no, no. I was just, because I know that that's one of the big uh, fears that a lot of people have is like going up in uh, front of public and, and speaking. And yes, fear is it will affect your performance. I noticed that uh, fear would kind of choke out my voice sometimes whenever I was singing and like trying to get to the highest volume possible. It's like fear would choke out my performance. And this is how I started to realize, or this is part of the wisdom that God gave me is that all of these things that add to mental fog literally affect people's performance. And a large part of that is because you're not focused in this moment. And so it's very important for people to, like I was saying before, to write things down, to find out, 
okay, what is, what is affecting me mentally? What is adding to uh, my mental fog? And it's important for people to find these things out, or I would say to come to me because I got a long list of things that surprisingly, like, I mean, as I just, as God keeps helping me discover more and more and more and more, it's like, oh, I can, I, I see how that affects performance here. I see how that can steal someone's joy here. I see how this can uh, cause someone to be inefficient with their time. And it's just like this, like this ever-growing list to the point where I think it's, it's about up to a thousand items yeah. and they can be, they can get pretty detailed as as well each item i mean there's there's more but right now this is this is good for me to continue moving forward and to help people understand these things i'm not sure why i pointed to there. um <laughs> but to help people understand these things and to get victory uh, in this life so that they can walk up on stage and tell a Maybe corny joke and roll off and be like, eh. they're all corny. They're all <laughs> you remember the first time you preached? Um, the first time I preached, and like talk, kind of talk about like those nerves. Like, did you have like a good anxious, nervous energy beforehand? Because that's a very, guess, that, that, that might be tougher than stand up comedy. Because at least, like, when you're on stage telling jokes, it's like, all right, like, if I bomb, worst case scenario, whatever, these people aren't going to remember me. But, you know, preaching in front of people who have certain beliefs, you know, they're probably going to take away from that either, like, oh, that was great, or it's like, I disagree with a lot of things that he said, the way he said that, you know, like, people will analyze it afterwards. So, pretty much all of my preaching is on the street. Um, I guess technically the videos that I post online are also preaching as well, but a lot of the preaching is on the street. And so I'll have to bring it back to Germany. So this is where I had to, again, step outside of my comfort zone and approach many strangers on the street. So this way I could get over my fear and worries of talking to com uh, complete strangers and also to improve my ability to communicate. And um, because, well, first I have to find a way into a conversation and then to keep it rolling. And so that's when it, really counted and that's where it was the fear and the worry was like super apparent and i remember times where i'm like ah like should i go out to this person and eventually i just 
kept going up to more and more and more and more people and just having a small talk conversations until I got uh, better and better. And then I was able to have a long enough conversation where I could say something um, about Jesus Christ, or I could say something about God. And so that was, man, literally my life changed in Germany. And I can't, I approached so many people, got rejected so many times. That's an important thing as well. Um, in order to do such a training exercise, you have to be able to get over rejection. And that requires victory over unforgiveness. Because somebody rejects you, it's like, oh, that person disrespected me. And, and then you start to develop thoughts of anger. And well, that's going to limit you on the next person you try and go talk to, or make you super reluctant to go talk to other people. And so that's, in a nutshell, uh, the process that brought me to the point where I could stand more comfortably in like the main square here and, and talk to groups of uh, people. And whether that be telling jokes or um, just, just talking. Um, yeah, it's, it was, uh, <laughs> it's, I can't even sum up the feelings, like the, the excitement of going through the process of approach, fail, approach, improve, approach, improve, fail, get rejected, get this like, uh, <laughs> um, look, and, but it's each step improving a little bit more, improving a little bit more. It's like, oh, you know what? Let me not talk about that uh, again in conversation. Or it's like, oh, you know, that worked out, that worked out well with them. Let me see if it works out well with them. It's like, oh, it was okay, but let me tweak that here. Let me try this with this other group of people. And it was a, it was a good process. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting people to, to step into that training exercise. I mean, that's kind of how I um, got into talking, really. Like, if you asked my parents, like, the first, like, 12, 13 years of my life, they get, like, two words out of me a day. Literally okay. did not say anything to a soul. And then uh, one day I looked on TV. I'm like, I want to be a sports broadcaster. And then that turned into podcasting. And now I literally every single day sit down and talk to people like you about your story because I'm curious as hell to learn more about everybody and what they're doing and what their mission and what their goal is in order to help everybody else in the world, which I think is really cool and inspiring. And you kind of talking about the golden nuggets for the past you know, half hour, some of the things that our audience has gotten to hear are like, again, like, groundbreaking stuff that people are like yeah that would make my life so much easier if i was able to just like let that go and forgive what would you say to wrap this up and we will do this so many times past this too because there's so much more i would want to talk to you about but what is like the golden nugget that you unlocked in your life and at what stage was that if you haven't already talked about it the 
yeah, I've hit around it, but the golden nugget that just shook me to my foundation was discovering my God-given purpose. And all of that that I've talked about was tied into helping me get to that point. And my God-given purpose being to help you look more attractive, not the person on the outside, though, the person on the inside, the real right. you, your character. And that just shook me to my foundation. Like, it's like this journey took me all the way to this point to be able to say that soundbite and, but not just to say it, but to actually provide people with the things that can help them uh, get that inner inward attractiveness, like a person who can forgive, although somebody's done them wrong and still have joy, that person is attractive because it's like, man, it's like, how are you still able to have joy and peace of mind? Although they did this to you or although that happened to you. And yeah, it's, yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited and I'm looking for, I look forward to each day. Well, how can uh, our audience reach you? Because again, like you are speaking truth and knowledge to like the nth degree right now this past hour. So I definitely want people <laughs> to figure out how, how you can help them and where they can find you. Okay, so that's, God's been hitting me with the fire hose. So I hit you guys with the fire hose. I didn't realize that I said so much stuff. Um, so I think the website is uh, AmericanAirlines.com. They could go buy a ticket and fly to Zagreb. Um, <laughs> that's a good joke. That's a yeah. really good joke. You just thought about that off the top of your head. No, I used that one before. I uh, yeah. Can you yes. write my jokes moving forward? <laughs> but um, so right now people can find me on Instagram, and it's at Emmanuel NMA, all one word. And so that's where people can can hear the teachings and the help. And basically what I'm focused on is helping people understand the fundamentals that they need in order to play this game called life and to play it successfully to the point where you're thriving, although bombs might be dropping all around you. And that's life, right? Failure is inevitable. You got to face it head on. You know, you can either walk in there and be like, well, this is going to happen. Or you could walk in there with a smile and be like, this is going to happen. And it's going to be awesome because I'm going to learn from it at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Well, yeah, I appreciate so. you. Uh, I appreciate you reaching out, man. This was awesome. We are absolutely doing this again. Uh, Emmanuel NMA. Again, you could catch him on Instagram. Um, you know, go to his website, AmericanAirlines.com and <laughs> go get help. Um, the fundamentals of this stuff, man, it, it's not easy, but I feel like you just talking to you the past hour, you're, you're figuring it out. I don't want to say you've figured it out because I don't think anybody truly has figured out 
the game of life, but you are definitely uh, on the right track. I am so glad you found your purpose, man. I'm, it's inspiring to hear the words that are coming out of your mouth. Um, but we're definitely going to have to link up again. This was episode, what was it? What did I say? 491 of the podcast. 491 with Emmanuel Jack and then Matt right over there. Uh, the real <laughs> him's probably taking a nap or something. But uh, again, this podcast is presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. For those of you guys looking to get a great sweat on, uh, Zach, hit the lights, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.